I just know of three, uh, Mississippi, West Virginia, and California, that do not allow religious or philosophical exemptions. And the only way you can get exempted from vaccination if you want your child to attend school is to get a medical exemption. And medical exemptions traditionally are extremely, extremely difficult to acquire. And if we were following the CDC reasoning for getting a medical exemption, it would be almost impossible to get because their their list of reasoning is extremely narrow. For example, if your child wound up having any kind of major adverse reaction, that's not, according to the CDC, a reason for getting a medical exemption. Here in California, um, the way the law was written, SB 277, gives doctors a little bit more leeway in deciding what would constitute a reason for medical exemption. But they're trying to stop that right now as well. There's been articles run in the LA Times attacking doctors who write medical exemptions. Over in Australia, they just fire, you know, they just take away the medical license of doctors who write medical exemptions. That is a pretty big story. And, and the media, the mainstream media over there, literally attacks any kind of doctor who questions anything at all about vaccine safety. They just completely clamp down on any discussion whatsoever. It's, it's tyranny and just they, they I, I obliterate think, anyone's ability Mark to communicate about vaccine that safety. They keep literally, of, of journalists and whistleblowers that they systematically smear. Okay, wait, wait a minute. Now, um, um, Chris, Larry can't hear you very well. This is, oh, last week we had this problem too. That um, I don't know if everybody can hear each other very well. I can yeah, hear I can't Larry. hear Trish. Um, you can hear Trish? Well, barely. But barely? Okay. Yeah, he's very quiet. Okay, what were you going to say, Trish? Trish? Yes. Oh, what, 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 what did I you can... start to say? Before. I was just saying, I, 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 my understanding from whistleblowers is that, from um, Merck, is that it it keeps a um, hit list of journalists and others that they systematically smear using contacts in the media and other resources to target them in programs, professional smearing campaigns. Well, I'm sure they've done that against you, Larry, haven't they? Oh, you know, I don't know exactly who's behind what, but there have been multiple Facebook pages launched that specifically target me and Facebook groups as well. Um, and it's an ongoing assault on me. That Someone just recently made a video. It's kind of nonstop. I'm, I'm kind of used to it, but, yeah. Are, are it's, you, it's how regular. long have you how long you been in this in, in this industry, Larry? Well, I've been so I've been in a natural you know a natural health advocate for fifteen or twenty years. I just recently got into the whole vaccine issue. Uh, about ten years ago, I started interviewing parents who have children with autism who have um, put them through biomedical treatment, and I also interviewed a number of doctors as well. And so that kind of whole that whole experience 10 years ago introduced me to vaccines, vaccination, biomedical treatment, reverse autism, that kind of thing. But it was three years ago when um, here in California, SB 277, the bill was launched, three and a half years, I guess, 
And um, when that bill was launched, I, I had a full-time job, but I, I, had a, I have a video background. I wanted to do something, and, and I just had an idea to interview parents who have vaccine-injured children and vaccine-free children just to get the word out that, you know, there's risk with vaccination. I did not know at the time when I launched that project that it would kind of put me into the limelight of becoming an anti-vaccine activist, but that's what happened. You might say I found my voice. I, I just got, and still am, appalled that we have an entire institution set up that destroys our children, and um, right. it's a cover-up is what's going on, and it pisses me off to no end. And the problem is oh, that too. the lie is so strong and so ingrained and so embedded into everyone's consciousness that it is really difficult to shake that lie that vaccines are safe and effective. I mean, the, you have to hand it to the pharmaceutical industry. They've really done a great job with this big lie. So, you know, I counter that lie, and I give out information. A lot of it is parent stories, but I have other information I share out as well. And what happens is when people start dismantling this lie, parents wake up. They figure it out. They're like, oh, my God, vaccines actually cause autoimmune conditions. They actually do kill children, and doctors and coroners call it SID, sudden infant death syndrome. But we're running a story right now. We're, we're just today, in fact, I, I have another story completed that I need to set up on my website where two-month-old infant was given eight shots and was dead 48 hours later. I have several of those stories now. And what did wow. the doctor say? They either say it's coincidence or it's SIDS. Well, no. Anyone with common sense, when this happens over and over and over again, knows that this is not SIDS. It's, I mean, people need to get some common sense going here. You don't give a child vitamin C, for example, or some other supplement, and then the kid is dead 48 hours later. This only happens with vaccines. It's an incredibly large incident rate of coincidence that we see happening with children being killed or dying after vaccination. And there, you know, anyone that dives into this topic, we definitely know what the mechanism of action is. You know, the, the aluminum in the vaccines and other adjuvants go in and they cause brain inflammation. The DTaP vaccine causes a child to not be able to breathe properly and, and they just stop breathing. This is why infants stop breathing, you know, and then they call that right. SIDS. All of this is understood, but it's right. hidden. Right. Well, what, what other time in this country has there been an epidemic like there is now in autism when the government hasn't stepped in to figure out what is causing it? I mean, we know what's causing it. But they, they sit there and lie and say it's not the vaccines, but they, they don't look then to, to figure out what is causing this? When our children are being disabled, and this is disabling the whole family when you have a child born with autism. This yeah, That's a great question, you know. Why is the government doing what it's doing? Right. Why is the CDC doing what it's doing? Why are they covering everything up? With, you know, the movie Vax, the documentary Vax from Cover Up to Catastrophe, dives into this very topic of the CDC covering up its very own information and destroying its very own information that the MMR vaccine causes autism. And fortunately, they did a great job putting that documentary together. And a lot of parents and even doctors woke up to this and said, oh, you know, they actually know what's going on. They've, they've known what's been going on for a very long time. 
Yes. Once you figure out that there are people in high levels of places, high level places, who actually know what's going on, and yet it continues, then we move into whole other areas of topics of what's really going on here. That's a right. big question right there. Right. Well, you Larry, know, I, are um, you familiar with um, Dr. William Thompson, who was a CD, he is a CDC whistleblower who published the study on the, the Sanofi DTAP that he said was very obviously causing autism in patients, and he submitted all of his evidence to Congress, I believe, in 2014, and they've done nothing with it. Correct. Yeah, and that's what the movie Vaxxed is all about. Okay, I hadn't seen that one, but what is, oh, yeah, you what, know, um, are you aware of what's back, happening with any of that, or if we're what? I'm um, not following up on it. Um, I Generally speaking, uh, I wouldn't say I know it. I wouldn't say everything comes across my feed, but because I'm so involved, usually that type of information I would know about because it would probably come across my social media feed. And I haven't seen any new developments in a very long time with Thompson. Yeah. No. And so all of these CDC people, all of these are in on this scam, and they all know that they're causing this autism epidemic. And I'll tell you, I think the parents are finally waking up, you know. And these quacks that are poisoning these children, I I think pretty soon we're going to see them murdered, assassinated for poisoning these children. Like that, that, that not very long ago I seen an um, audio article or video, I think it was triplets all died after they got vaccines, all of them. Yep, at nine that, months. Uh, yep. Yeah. It's that, that uh, DTAP, or the MMR that's at nine months. There's one of them right. that is, yeah. is standard. I said if I had triplets and a quack killed them with them vaccines, I think I would murder the damn quack. I'm not kidding you, because I wouldn't give a shit if I lived any longer. They know what they're that's doing. That's pretty terrible. You know, we have several stories of children dying after vaccination. And I have, like I said, one that we're working on right now. I have several more that I've already done. We have one more in the queue that my writer is currently working on. And, you know, one thing that I'm doing right now, I caught, caught a little bit of flack. <laughs> the pro-vaccine crowd, you know, they, 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 their hornet's nest just went buzzing. But um, I raised $10,000 so I can run paid boosts in Facebook to deliver these infant death stories to parents all across the globe so they can actually see story after story after story after story after story of children dying after vaccination with the idea and the intent that we're going to grab a lot of these parents' attention, have them come over to my website, read the story, then and then probably look at more information and most likely join my Facebook group where they can ask questions. Because most parents who are on the fence or, or start learning about this, they always have questions. And then they come into my Facebook group and then they ask those questions, which is great because then other parents can jump in and share with them what they know. And because it's other parents who are sharing this information, there's a kinship. And pretty soon they start learning and learning and learning. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen a parent say, after they joined my group and started asking questions and getting answers and everything, they went totally anti-vaccine, which is exactly what we want to have happen. 
Because once you have a parent that goes anti-vaccine who who wants to raise their child with no vaccines, they've figured it out, they will fight. They will go and talk with their legislators. They'll fight to keep that poison out of their children. Right. Right. Well, this is the thing. The government forcing us to poison our very own children? This is beyond the What were you going to say, Trish? Go ahead, Trish. I was um, a group of parents, and I all homeschooled our children, um, some of us for longer than others, but many of whom uh, did so to to avoid having to poison our kids <laughs> and mm-hmm. with all the vaccinations. And at least we were able to delay them. You know, they still had to get a lot once they went to school, but not as many. And... Um, they they got them when they were older, and, you know, at least their blood-brain barrier was in place and their immune system was developed so that they could better handle them. But I know a lot of people who are homeschooling just for that reason. Um, oh, I, I would swear, be, so I, had little kids. I would be, if I had Even little kids, I wouldn't let them go in a public school. It's not only the vaccines, it's all the filth that they're peddling to them, transgender bullshit. But the vaccines, you know, are reason enough for a lot of people. You're darn right. Trish, where are you based? What what state? I'm in Massachusetts, and you can get a uh, religious exemption, but um, it's tricky. Like, a lot of people don't appreciate them. They don't always accept them, and um, it's hard to... It's hard to pull that off. So um, even with camps and things like that, a lot of people try, but sometimes they don't succeed. So it's very hit or miss. Well, and and these quacks know what they're doing. I mean, I've said this on other radio shows. I I went to this doctor that my boyfriend had um, for one of his checkups after he had hernia surgery. And as soon as you walk in those those offices. The minute they don't even know what you're there for. You want a flu vaccine? And I get so right. angry, you know, well, I, I won't go to these quacks anymore for nothing. But anyhow, so when the doctor came in, I yelled at the nurse and told her to quit doing that to people. You know, and when the doctor came in, then I was bitching about that at him. And, and he knows it. He knows it. And, and I told him, well, I told him that, you know, about the vaccines and stuff. But And he admitted it that uh, he don't... Uh, he he's forced out here at Aurora Healthcare to get his to get a vac- flu vaccine because he works there. But he says he don't let his wife or his kids have any vaccines. So this is a quack. That he, he's a surgeon, so he's not the one sticking the needle in these kids every day. But he knows this is going on, and he just lets it go on. But I feel sorry for him. This guy was probably under thirty. He, he has a home and kids and everything. That when they get out of college, they've got debts. For medical school, that'll they'll probably be an school, yeah, life, they owe you know. And then a hospital gives them a good job like that. I'm sure he goes out and buys a house, you know, counting on these big wages and stuff. He's trapped. He knows what they're doing that they're poisoning all the children, and he still keeps working. So, so, what are you they, finding, Larry? Lately, I mean, I know even just in the time since my kids were born 20 years ago, the number of vaccinations was already high, and then the, it's, I think it's even doubled since then now um, in the last 20 years. 
Well, last I heard, 72 vaccines are required before they leave school, before they leave K through 12. And just recently, wow. like within the last couple of days, either two or three more vaccines have been added to the 2019-2020 schedule for California. Um, a couple I know there were 21 by the age of two when my kids were little. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have that number, but I know that um, it's 49 before the age of five here in California. That's just the number I have yeah. in my head. Wow. Yeah, it's it's wow. pretty horrific, you know. And and this um, is giving that shot on the first day of birth. You know, back when I had yeah. kids, and this is a long time ago, I had my first child in uh, 69, 67. And my kids never got shots. I bet you they didn't get a shot until they were six months old. And then it was only a couple, you know, and they didn't get them like at the same polio, time like they yeah, do now. It was very few, yes. Yes, yes. Well, the one thing the one, I'm thankful for that I got into investigating these vaccines is I saved my one grandchild. My daughter had him late in life, and I had just started investigating vaccines and stuff about uh, four months before she got pregnant. And so I saved saved him. He didn't get any vaccines. And let me tell you how healthy they are. That kid, up till seven years old, he only had one day in his whole life that he was sick in bed. Wow. Healthy, Phenomenal. no allergies, no nothing wrong with this kid. Healthy as can be. Well, there's, in the Lancet, there, which is, you know, the equivalent of our um, American, what is the, the publication, um, the American Medical Association's publication, they, they, there's extensive data on how natural immunity is far superior to vaccine immunity, and especially when you're talking about things like mumps and measles, right. that they act, they are they, having those as childhood illnesses help prevent diabetes and asthma and all kinds of autoimmune disorders. And, um, you know, they're not, that's the other thing about so many of these vaccinations. They're for illnesses that are not even close to fatal. And um, one being, well, varicella, the, the, um, not varicella, the, what is the Gardasil one now oh, for HPV that they're now insisting boys get? And I, I have friends whose daughters literally collapsed on the table after receiving that vaccination, one of whom never walked again, and the one another who was in a coma for several days. And, and the third that took a long time to recover, she never um, was hospitalized, but she was achy and exhausted and just you know, very, very ill for about six or nine months after getting that vaccination. I call that vaccine the slow kill vaccine. Yep. It really does a number on anyone that gets it. And, um, there's a proprietary aluminum in there. And that aluminum really? wrecks havoc throughout the entire body. And, you know, it makes girls sterile. It kills them. It slowly destroys them. Boys Pushes do. them into menopause. It's it has, a, you know, it's just a, it's just a terrible vaccine. I mean, all the all the vaccines are terrible, but that one, the DTaP and the MMR, you know, those are the three biggies. And you want to screw up a child's life, give them one of those, and 
look out. I mean, they have bees and all that great either because it's given on the first day of life. But you know, well, the thing exactly is, you I think mean, that the you know how hep B is caught. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea is didn't dangerous. have sex, sex and share needles with drug addicts or had <laughs> anal sex. I mean, this is so ridiculous that this country will sit back and allow this. The government to poison Larry, our own children. Is it the aluminum that you think is because I've heard that there's like recombinant D- DNA um, and all other kinds of contaminants in these vaccinations as well. Okay. And I wondered if, based on your work, if, if you found that there's a consistent thread or if it just depends on the vaccination. Well, it depends upon the vaccine, but. Um you know, when I when I I'm a generalist. I'm not. I, I don't I don't dig in deep. I I go wide with my information. So I look at bits and pieces of information and I and I pull out things that I I find to be particularly important to understand. And I watch. I read books and then I watch documentaries like The Truth About Vaccines and all this kind of stuff. And so. What I remember is one of the doctors in there talking about the aluminum and that it's a proprietary aluminum and it's a very heavy aluminum and it's that that is the, the primary reason why uh, it's destroying girls. Now, that's not to say that the other ingredients aren't cofactors as well, but the aluminum, the proprietary blend of this particular aluminum, which is not used in other vaccines, seems to be one of the primary reasons why there's why that vaccine is so deadly. But, What's you know, all the other crap that's in there the also contributes to it. So, why ahead, use the aluminum in a vaccine anyway? Well, it's an adjuvant. So you have something called an antigen. The antigen is the actual either killed, quote, quote, unquote, killed virus or live virus or bacteria or whatever it is that you're, that you're quote, unquote, protecting, protecting against. That's called the antigen. The adjuvant is something that stimulates, and I, and I would say, arti- you know, it artificially stimulates an immune response so that the immune system will do something with the antigen. At least that's the theory. That's, the, that's what they call it. And what it's doing is it's artificially stimulating the Th2 immune response. The Th2 is, you might call that the backup immune response in a body. The primary immune response is called Th1, also known as cellular. The Th2 is humoral. Now, when we naturally get an infection, the Th1 immune process, which according to Dr. Bark, accounts for about 80% of our immune response and, and immunity process, that Th1 immune response, when we do it naturally, goes in at the cellular level and takes care of everything, and then Th2 kind of comes in and sweeps up afterwards. That's my understanding. It's, it's a very simplistic way of looking at it. But vaccination works by stimulating the Th2 immune response, and it overstimulates it, and it creates all kinds of poisoning in the process. And it not only artificially stimulates this through I would call it poisoning by poisoning the body, but the the immune system never has the ability to quite settle back down. This is what gives rise to all of the chronic health problems that we see in children who are vaccinated, 
and also all the autoimmune conditions. In fact, Dr. Moskowitz, which I love his book. I think he's got the best book on the market right now. It's called uh, Vaccines, a Reappraisal, Dr. Richard Moskowitz. And it's definitely the book I am promoting heavily right now. Um, he says that vaccination pretty much works by creating an autoimmune response. Again, we're, we're talking simplistic stuff here, but you've got to kind of go simplistic before you go deep. So now the body is just basically in a state of agitation and immune. It's just always trying to fight something because it can't get rid of it. That's the other thing. Oh, I get something naturally. The body gets rid of it, takes care of it, and then the antibodies actually drop back down. And so how is a vaccine measured in effectiveness? It's measured by antibodies. But Dr. Sherry Tenpenny has said the antibody response is just an allergic response, and it's just a marker of contamination. It's not immunity. In fact, if vaccination created immunity, there'd be no need for booster shots. So it's really pretty much a sham is what it is. And... Natural immunity, you know, Dr. Moskowitz, I'll go back to Dr. Moskowitz, he talks about measles. He says that when we get measles naturally, the body ramps up the entire immune system and really goes after it in a really strong, vigorous way, as it should, this is the key, as it should, takes it out and in the process creates lifelong immunity. And not only that, but it primed the immune system for future encounters with other pathogens. What does vaccination do? It kind of pretty much does the opposite. Cynthia Corner, and I don't know if I got her name quite right, in her book, uh, she talks about, and again, she's pulling from research because she's not a doctor, but she's pulling from various research. She's saying that the vaccination process is overstimulating the immune system. And it does. It overstimulates the immune system. And that system, because it's being overstimulated, is now exhausted. The capacity for the immune system to react to other threats is diminished. So I often say in social media, because this is true, vaccines destroy the immune, immune system. It, it destroys immunity. So the more vaccination we get, the capacity of the immune system to deal with other threats is lowered. Diminishes. So it is literally the worst possible thing you can do is to vaccinate. It it just completely screws up a kid. And let me just say, if we take a if if we listen to parents, and in my group I have 130,000 parents right now. So I've listened to a lot of parents say this. Wow. And it's in the hundreds. Their vaccinated children have a much more difficult time getting over a disease or getting over an infection or cold than their vaccine-free children have. So the vaccine-free kids can get over a cold pretty quickly, and it's not nearly as severe. The vaccinated ones are the ones that have the trouble. And why? Because the immune system's capacity has been compromised through vaccination. Sure. I well, you yeah. know, one of the things too that I read about the effect of these vaccines on the immune system is that um, when because and it might have a lot to do with the aluminum as you pointed out because it's such a foreign body it's not like a normal pathogen that it's a real shock to your body and it takes time for it to figure out what to do with it, whereas with a um, natural pathogen, 
there are, your body is able to identify it more quickly for what it is and um, destroy it. And the other thing that I read, and this was through uh, The Lancet as well, is that especially those early vaccines, of which I think there are probably at least 15 by age six months, um, where the blood-brain barrier is not fully formed. And what happens is that the contents of the vaccine make their way into the, the brain area, and then all of the um, antibodies go after it in the brain, and, and then it ends up doing damage there as well and creating inflammation, neurological inflammation. So um, that, that's also consistent with what you're describing about um, your findings with parents is that it, it, and then that inflammation never quite disappears because the body can't effectively eliminate things like aluminum. Um, so it, it continues the cycle. So You're exactly right. And I'll add on to that, you know, so you got that brain inflammation that occurs, and so then you get what's called that DTaP screen scream, or any, yeah, right. You know, after vaccination, you got the child that is screaming bloody murder, screaming bloody murder, and will not stop. Why? Because their brain is on fire. Because it's totally inflamed. They they run a very high temperature, then they fall into a deep state of sleep for a couple few days, and then they wake up with regressive autism, and. What does everyone say who's pro-vaccine? Correlation doesn't equal causation. No. As Dr. Wakefield has said, this is an actual disease process. You inject the, the, the poison, because that's what it is, into the baby. The poison goes throughout the body, causes brain inflammation, causes a fever, child goes unconscious for a few days, and then wakes up completely regressed. That is a disease process, as Dr. Wakefield has said. And unfortunately, you know, he is a very brilliant man. You know, I've interviewed him many times for my videos. I mean, I just asked him a well, question. He's, a he's able hero. to. What was that? It, I said he's a true hero. Yes. That Dr. And, Wakefield, they and, destroyed his whole life. They destroyed his career. They destroyed everything. But he still stood up against pharma. He did. And, you know, because he's so brilliant, they had to yes. take him out through character assassination because... He could explain this stuff, and it made sense. You know, that's the thing. When he talks, it makes sense. Why does it make sense? Because he knows what the hell he's talking about. That's why. So they have to character assassinate him on a regular basis to keep that information as suppressed and away from the, the masses as possible so that no one will want to take a look at it, which is one of the reasons why I interviewed him back in November. I told him, I said, you know, I want you to be talking on camera getting your information out, what, what we need to have the people hear. And so we did like five videos, and every, every one is brilliant. You know, he's just, he's just amazingly good at what he has to say and how he says it. Yeah. What is he doing right now? What is he doing now, Larry? Uh, last I heard, and this was back in November when I talked with him, he's, he, he wants to work on films. He's, he's moving into making movies. Um, he feels like the, the, the film medium is the best way to communicate with the masses. And indeed, it is an excellent method. I mean, that's one reason why I got into video film. I didn't know it at the time, way back when, when I started learning all of this. 
um, but now I can see I was brought onto the path of video film for a very specific reason. It's, it's for this purpose. And it's because, you know, like when I interview parents and they're actually sharing their story, you know, people who have high enough consciousness can read people's energy and they can see they're telling the truth. This really did happen and it really was the vaccines and they are able to convey what's going on, what happened and, and what happened next, that type of thing. And that's how we reach more parents. And that's what's happening right now. You know, I have a lot of parents coming into my group who don't have a vaccine-injured child. I mean, I do have others who do, but I have those who do not, who are willing to actually listen to other parents and willing to hear our side of the story because they have concerns. One interesting thing is that a lot of parents say, I had a gut feeling that this wasn't the right thing to do, but my doctor talked me into it. Now they have a vaccine-injured kid. That happens all the time. Well, now that we're getting the information out in a way in social media that we're reaching lots of people, like my page, my Stop Mandatory Vaccination page, reaches anywhere from a quarter million people per week to a million people per week. So we, we find these parents... And then they see this information. They already had a gut feeling about it, and now they have a place to go. They have, they have a way of getting this information they need to confirm their suspicion and to talk with other parents, too. And that's what I'm doing. I'm all about helping more parents come to this realization that this is just one really big sham. Great, great. Well, I'm glad to have you on. You know, I think a lot of people that when they're discussing the vaccines, you know, they come on, well, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just, you know, want people to choose. I am anti-vaccine. I, this is poisoning our children, and I look at it as a method of genocide that they're using on the world. And uh, I'm totally against all vaccines. Well, you know, this is something that a lot of people argue about in our community. In the very, very, very beginning yeah. uh, of SB 277, I didn't know as much as I know now. I knew I, was, I would never vaccinate my own child. Um, and also, I had to play a little bit of the middle road, because, middle road because back then, you know, the idea was to stop SB 277. And there's a fine line when you're doing legislative work. And so I really just was saying, you know, vaccines injured. Well, after SB 277 became law, I, I let everyone know, hey, I'm anti-vaccine. I absolutely am. And I got to tell you, the more I read and the more I learn, the more anti-vaccine I become. And I'm already anti-vaccine. I just become even more anti-vaccine. It's like it's just the biggest sham out there. And I, I, I have, you know, there's something very interesting. I haven't really talked about this much. There are people who have, you might call it the scientific mind. And I see them pretty easily in social media now. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a quote-unquote scientific mind. But when, when someone can only process logic and they can't process higher intuitive understanding, it's easy to get sucked into the lies and the manipulation that comes out of the CDC and the vaccine industry. We really have to step up our consciousness to a higher level of awareness so that we can read through the deceit. We need discernment, which, you know, in the Bible, there's the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of those is discernment. We need to have discernment to see through what's going on. So when a parent has an intuitive hit 
that something isn't right about this. We need to be there to help them take that intuitive hit that they have and give them the information from our point of view as to what's really going on with vaccines because currently they may only be getting one side, which is the manipulated side. They need to hear the other side too. And so that's part of what I'm doing. And we really need to help as much as we can, and we can't always do it, but those who are at least straddling the fence who want the quote-unquote scientific information, there is a book by Neil Miller. Um, he's got 400 scientific studies that show that you know vaccines cause harm. He has a whole book about it, and, and these are peer-reviewed published studies. So I send the scientific ones to that particular book because they don't want to listen to what parents have to say. But in reality, for anyone listening to this, we really need to listen to the parents who have vaccine-injured kids, and there's a lot of them, and I have them on my website, because they witness something firsthand. And any parent that has a child knows their child, typically. Like, if they spend time with their child, they know their child. They know every aspect of that kid. Brittany Cara talks about this in one of the videos I did with her. She's a pretty well-known anti-vaccine activist in our community. Mm-hmm. And when a parent really knows their child, when you inject a vaccine into that child and there's a catastrophic change in that child, that is not a coincidence. Something happened from the vaccine. So we have these parents who can actually explain what happened, how their child was before and how their child was after. And I plan on doing more videos like that as well so that other parents can really hear about these changes and they can head this off at the pass and not not go through the vaccination process. Well, you know, that's how I got into this um, writing about vaccines and autism. It was the parents that contacted me. I was I just started doing investigative journalism, and I had a job at Dayton Daily News in, in Dayton, Ohio. And um, that, uh, But I, I did this at night. You know, I did investigative journalism at night, and I put, put it up on the Internet, you know, on sites. And um, people, they seen my work on, uh, I was writing a lot about that prescription drug bill they passed back in 2003 and stuff. They seen me writing about pharma. So the, what I call the autism moms started writing me and asking me to investigate this autism and vaccines, you know. And so I heard their stories, you know. And, and, I, and, and I was telling them that I didn't know anything about autism. You know, the only thing I knew about autism was the movie Rain Man, you know. And that I worked a full-time job, you know, and I did this investigative journalism at night, and I, I really just didn't have the time to investigate this, you know. It would be so difficult. I knew nothing. But then I'm, I'm walking around, and I keep thinking, going through my mind, different things that they told me. So I just thought, well, I'll do a few Google searches on the Internet and find out if, if it's true. If they said there's an autism epidemic across the United States, and this is in 2004, late 2004. And so I went to the different um, education departments in different states, and looked at their enrollment, you know, of autistic children, and I seen that it was just, it was true. There was this autism epidemic developing all across the country, you know. And so then it didn't take me but two days to figure out that what was going on. I mean, I didn't look at it like I do today, that this is outright genocide that they're doing right on purpose. I just looked at it as they're trying to boost pharma profits by putting all these vaccines out there. But I also didn't know that that kids got all the vaccines that they did. I was thinking back to when my kids were little, that they just got a couple, two, three or whatever in their life. And so that's why I wasn't connecting that this could be caused by vaccines. Well, when I seen that the vaccines, how many they were giving, and on the first day of life, 
and everything. And so then I thought, well, I'll go to the CDC and see what they say about it, you know. So I go there, and their explanation at the time was there was no epidemic, that this autism has always been here. It was just undiagnosed and, and unrecognized. And, of course, by this time, I had looked at the statistics, and I figured out in the little town I grew up in, there should have been at least seven kids in my lifetime in that school, one school and 2,000 people. And it was like I tried to picture this. By this time, I had already found where these kids are never trained. So, I mean, they got to be changed. They're pooping their pants at school and everything. And it was like we had an ungraded room where, where um, slowly developing kids and stuff would go, you know. So I, I thought of this ungraded room, and we knew all the kids in there. And I tried to picture a child with autism, you know, and especially a kid that was pooping their pants in school. And back then, there weren't even pampers or anything. It was cloth diapers. And it was like, it didn't happen. There weren't any. And I knew it. And then I stopped and thought, well, okay, where are the adults my age then with autism in this town? There were none. You know, so right then and there, I knew that the CDC was lying. But like I said, I didn't know it like I do today, that this is outright genocide. It's not just to boost farmer profits, that they're killing killing us off. This is well, all part of the, the depopulation. Yeah, agenda. that's right. At the same time when this doctor, William Thompson, had was asked to forge that study um, on this Sanofi DTaP vaccination, and um, and it stayed on the market for ten years. So they knew at, by 2004 that it was already causing autism. Sure, and the mainstream media won't report on who, this. So, the woman who had so then, forged I, the, the information went left the CDC, and she's now at one of the pharmaceutical companies. Oh, Gerberding, yeah. Making a million dollars a year. She left the CDC, went over to Merck vaccine. That She's the one that passed, got that Gardasil passed and everything. They make that. Went over there and took on uh, the vaccine industry division. Straight from the Incredible. CDC. Yeah. So, anyhow, back when I was at Dayton Daily News, I, I finally quit Dayton Daily News over this. All I wanted to do was write an article about autism. You know, only because nobody knew that this autism epidemic was occurring. You know, these parents can't take these kids out in public and stuff. And so I just, and I knew I couldn't say anything bad about pharmaceutical industry or anything. I just wanted to do an article to get the subject of the autism out there. Well, I wrote this article and everything and, and turned it in. They never accepted it. I quit. It was like that was the end of the mainstream media for me. You know, that um, because once I realized how prevalent this was, I thought other Americans didn't know this either, what was going on. This was in late 2004. And so I just wanted to get the word out that this autism was taking over our country, and they wouldn't publish it. So I quit. That was the end of mainstream media for me. One of the things that's interesting to me, too, about the, the modern pharmaceutical companies is that um, they've largely uh, arisen out of the um, companies, the chemical companies that were involved in the World War II genocide and um, human experimentation. They were all just, it was kind of broken up, and now there's, it was, um, it wasn't called Bayer, I don't think. It was something like that, but it was, whatever Bayer was, now it's Monsanto, it's also Bayer, and it's another company. And they're all, my, from what I can tell, they just took their human experiments and 
are running them through things like the CDC. They just they get these vaccinations out there and they're constantly testing out these materials on the, um, you know, larger populations of people to see what happens. You know, there's something that we can bring up, too, which is safety testing for vaccines. One interesting thing that I find is that in a normal drug safety testing, they do what's called a, a, a placebo test. So if someone gets a sugar pill, someone else gets the real deal, the real drug that they're testing. And they kind of, you know, you're, you're not only testing probably safety, but also testing efficacy. In other words, how well it works. And that's what's called, you know, they call it the gold standard, you know, and it completely makes sense. You should give someone, and, and then there's, it's also called double-blind placebo-controlled. So double-blind, double means the doctor doesn't know who's getting the, the sugar pill or the real drug, and the patient doesn't know who's getting the sugar pill or the real drug. That way, there's no consciousness influencing the other consciousness, you know, through, they like to call it the Suggestion. placebo effect or whatever. Yeah. So in vaccines, however, they do a little switcheroo and they give their explanation for this, but it's really BS is what it is. They take all of the ingredients of a vaccine that you would find in a vaccine, the adjuvants and everything else, minus the antigen, meaning if it's measles, they don't have the measles you know, virus in there, minus the antigen. They inject that into someone. They call that the placebo. And then they inject the, the vaccine with the actual antigen in somebody else. And then they measure the, the effect or the, the reaction, the adverse reactions. And if the adverse reactions are about the same, they call it safe. Oh, my God. <laughs> and not only that, but they only give it to healthy people. And so, you know, not everyone who gets vaccinated is healthy, and they're also not supposed to give it to children when they're sick, but doctors do that all the time. They give it to the children when they're sick, even though they're not supposed to do that. But most importantly is it's, it's a, I don't even know what the right word is, but clearly this isn't um, appropriate that they're giving this non-placebo vaccine or all the other ingredients into someone, and then if they have similar reactions, similar adverse reactions, calling it safe because they're similar. No, it should be placebo, meaning just saline water is what it should be, just salt water, saline salt, just salt water. That's all that should be going into someone. And they do that as a bait and switch. They're baiting everyone, thinking, that's not even bait and switch, I don't know what the right word is, but... They're making everyone think that there's these safety studies, but these are not safety studies. These, this, is, this is part of how the public is manipulated over vaccine right. safety. Right here. I mean, this is, we just hit the nail on the head, how they right, do this. Right. Now, now, have they ever tested, like, like people wouldn't, well, my boyfriend's mother wouldn't believe me that I said these infants are getting all these shots. So I found a video online that had... It had just tons of infants getting these shots, and they're getting like four at a time, two in each leg, and everything. They're screaming. I'm, I swear, oh, all these yeah. infants could do this to babies, sticking these needles in these babies, screaming. And I'm telling you, I'm a former counselor, and I work with dysfunctional families. These 
babies that are being tortured like this in their infancy are going to suffer from this. That, that is pure torture, what they're doing to these infants, you know, and that will show up later in life, and they won't even know why, where this is coming from. But have they ever tested giving four vaccines to a two-month-old all at one time and then saying the placebo, give four vaccines, their type of placebo? They've never I, done that. I don't, I don't think so. Um, and no. my understanding is they definitely do not test um, – you know, the accumulative effect of multiple vaccines over the course right. of a year, two years, three years. <clears throat> and the problem is, is that heavy metals, mercury, and there's some, or aluminum, and there is some mercury, like in the flu vaccine, and there's trace amounts of mercury in the other vaccines. Right. Trace is a very interesting word, but I'm not going to go there. But heavy metals well, don't necessarily that, I understand what you're out saying. of the body. Right. Go, what was that? I said I understand what you're talking about. I've written about that, those, those vaccines, you know, the cumulative effect and stuff in the body. Yeah, so there's no, there's no safety testing that, I mean, I've seen this many times. There's no safety testing for the cumulative effect. Now, a lot of people, you know, there's this buzzword, MTHFR. It's just, it just means that there's a genetic mutation, but the genetic mutation specifically is about whether or not the detoxification pathways in the child's body are compromised. So if you inject this poison into a body, into a little infant, and they do not have methylation, they cannot get rid of the toxins, those toxins start going everywhere and start destroying things. They're not, they're not being excreted. And then you give the child Tylenol, which shuts down the glutathione, which shuts down the ability to detoxify because they're giving Tylenol to, to bring down the fever, which, by the way, parents should never be bringing down fevers. That's a whole other topic. Right. <laughs> um, and so now you have this cocktail going on that, that creates massive destruction in that child's body, and then they wind up with regressive autism or any number of other problems. Now, I want to go back to a topic we were talking about just earlier, which is naturally acquiring a disease versus injecting something. When we naturally get something, a, a disease, or, you know, measles, for example, let's call it a virus or, or a bacteria, the body has all kinds of mechanisms that are used to attack this particular pathogen and to shut it down. All of those, that's the Th1 immune response. But those are taken out of play when it's injected, taken out of play. Plus, right. where is it in nature that someone's going to get measles, chicken pox, and mumps and rubella all at the same time? It doesn't happen. So right. now you have all these different antigens happening also at the same time, and that's also going to cause problems because it's all of these different things happening at once. It's funny because I was running an ad a paid boost, and I was specifically targeting Australia, and it had to do with um, eight vaccines given to a child who was, you know, died 48 hours later. And in Australia, they were appalled that eight vaccines would be given. A lot of Australians were like, "This is not, this is not true. It's a lie." Blah blah blah. Right, well, right. what's interesting is these were the pro-vaccine people, um, and. It didn't occur to them that this was happening in the USA, and I said this is happening in the USA. Here is the CDC schedule. You can look it up yourself. But that, did, that wasn't enough to trigger a problem for them. They just think that you shouldn't get eight vaccines. For them, it's four at once. And so there's, there's a disconnect with the pro-vaccine logic of 
oh, four is okay, but eight is not. No, wait a second. How, first of all, you're in Australia. <laughs> I got to tell you, there is absolutely every reason to believe that it's going to go to five and then six and seven and eight and nine and ten. I mean, their ability to even talk about vaccines openly is completely shut down. It's completely censored. People are attacked. They are very vicious in Australia, very, very vicious, because I've had to deal with a lot of Australians who are pro-vaccine. So, you know, there, again, we need to pull out our common sense and look at just something as simple as that, eight vaccines versus four. And if, if children are dying after eight vaccines, what does that mean if you're getting four? Well, clearly we're poisoning if we're giving them four. But essentially, you know, Dr. Muskowitz goes into this too. We want to get that naturally acquired bacteria or, or virus because then the body can actually do what it's supposed to do. So now, there's one thing we haven't talked about. We really should talk about it, and that is death from infection. Vaccines came onto the market, the the vast majority of them came onto the market after death. That's the key word here. Death from infection had already dropped over 99%. 99% death rate decline. Why? Because we got rid of having children run around being our slaves, you know, in child labor at five, six, seven, eight years old working in the coal mines. That's one reason. We installed sewer so that we didn't have, you know, sewage running around and, and everywhere. We installed water so that people could, uh, you know, plumbing, that people could wash themselves and keep clean and keep hydrated and everything that we need. We created refrigeration so that we could have food, not have food spoilage. And so essentially all of these different things reduced disease and also allowed us to have better nutrition for a better, healthier immune system. Absolutely, absolutely. You are so right. Thank you so much, Larry, for coming on. I know it was sort of supposed to be a short interview, but I'm so glad you stayed. And Trish, thank you so much for co-hosting. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you so much, Evelyn. Okay, thank you for helping me get the word out. So we will see you next week, people. Thanks a lot. Bye.